0: You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie and I am your host today. In the studio is Mr. Mark Byrd with Revive Ohio.
1: Thanks Angie, appreciate the time.
0: We are in this series called The God Box. I know that when we started this, we planned on doing three in a series. Now we're at number four, because it's so important for us to understand the ways that we create boundaries that shouldn't be there when it comes to God, correct?
1: Amen. That's that's what we do. And
0: so today we're going to be talking about how our mistakes of our past seem to be continuing to hang out in the box. (laughs) Let's go into that.
1: Yeah, Angie, because truthfully, we create a box and we throw stuff into it for God to take care of. And sometimes those are prayer requests. Those are things, Lord, I need your help on. And sometimes it's like, I can't fix it. So I'm giving it to you. But then now we want to look at the things that we throw in the box that are our mistakes, and what they actually become is they become excuses to why, God, I understand why you're not answering my prayer, because here's my excuse, here's my reason, here's my sin.
0: Mm, yeah, And so we keep carrying around our sins.
1: Yeah, we do. And then we, when we cast it off, we actually, we turn them into excuses, and then we throw them in God's box. We say, yep, Lord, I understand. Uh, this is why you're not bringing me the answer I want in the time that I want. And this has got to be the reason why Mm. and it becomes an excuse and it actually becomes a barrier between us and what the lord wants to do
0: and i think we should discuss all the different barriers that are going to come out of these excuses because there are so many ways that this will affect our faith so let's go ahead and jump into psalm 103
1: yeah so verse 10 starts out he has not dealt with us according to our Mm -hmm. sins nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are just dust.
0: Mm. That's a <laughs> mouthful, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we may have to break it down just a little bit.
1: Yeah, and we do, but it's, it's pretty simple, I think, Angie, cut and dried in the fact that this is what it means. We sin, but God in His mercy, in His grace, has not dealt with us, right? What is grace? Unmerited favor. It's getting something that we didn't deserve. And he said, I, I haven't dealt with you according to your sins. I always thought
0: that mercy was when we don't get the punishment that we should have. And that right. reminds me of verse 10. He is not dealt with us according to our sins. Right. We're sinful. We're separated from him. And there's a price to pay.
1: Yeah. And so a lot of times we Christians, we have this mentality that God is looking to punish us. God's mad at us, and so he's going to withhold things from us, or he's going to punish us because we've done wrong. But this verse reminds us of what God's mindset is toward us. And then he said, as sorry as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy, there you go, Angie, toward those who fear him, right? How high is that? How high is the heavens above the earth?
0: Right, yeah, it keeps on going,
1: nope. And so you can't measure his mercy either. But I love, and my focus today, it really dwells on verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. How far is the east from the west? Well, it just keeps going. It does. Here's the interesting thing, Angie. Uh, I thought one time, well, why doesn't he say how far the north is from the south? Because if you look (laughs) at a globe, honestly, if you keep going north on a globe, eventually you'll be going south right right but far as the east is to the west you'll never head their other yeah, direction isn't that interesting isn't that awesome <laughs> and so if you think about that no and and so when we bring up those sins iniquities and shortcomings god's like what are you talking about i don't remember them mm. i've cast them as far as the east is to the west And so that's why I say they become excuses. They say, Lord, but but this, and he's like, but what? I'm not sure.
0: So what you're saying is that we, instead of coming to the cross and understanding that Christ is taking everything from us, our sins from us, and he's taking them away, no longer to be found, but what we instead do is say, I'm coming to you, God, but I'm going to put those sins in a little box, and I'm going to carry it around with me.
1: Right. And and we are allowing them to be excuses for why God doesn't love us, for why God doesn't want to use us, for why God doesn't want us to walk this journey out and share his love. Ultimately... It shakes the foundations of our faith. It does. And it stops us dead in our tracks. Mm. And of course, with this program, it's all about how we should go out and share the love of Christ. But what it does is it stops us from going out and sharing the love of Christ? Well,
0: I think that it helps if we know who we are, and we can actually have a good grasp on the gospel so that we can share it effectively. Now, I know God can do anything, and not everybody that goes out is perfect and has it all straightened out in their brains. Right. That's not the point. But I do believe that if we truly know our identity, we just know, we know that... Putting those things in a box and carrying them around is just the wrong thing to do. They're gone.
1: It so is. And so God said, give them to me. (laughs) Again, it says that Satan was disarmed. The sin that he tried to pin on us was disarmed at the cross. They were nailed to the cross. Mm. And why would we want to take them down? They're Uh, paid for.
0: Yeah, and that's my question. Why is it that we want to take them down? Why do we want to keep holding on? to our former selves, I don't understand where there's a benefit there.
1: Yeah, and to continue on in verse 13 again, as a father pities his children. You know, I'm always reminded of this analogy, Angie, with uh, us and the way that we love our own children. Like, why do we think that God is so much stricter and so much meaner? Let's be honest, like, why do we think that God's meaner than we are to our own kids? Because it says, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. And for he knows our frame. Of course he knows our frame. He made us. And he remembers that we are but dust. Mm. And so, boom, hello. I've got this figured out. I know who you are. And and because of that, I sent my son to pay for all of your sins. Mm. And so... That's an eye-opener, and I think it's a great reminder, it's a great scripture to go back and remind ourselves of why we would not want to keep throwing those excuses or sins in God's box to deal with when He already has. Yeah. So the next scripture verse I want to go to here, Angie, is out of Hebrews chapter 12. and This is verses 1 and 2, and I think this is a, a nice gentle reminder as well of how we're supposed to stay free from these sins, these excuses, and realize and recognize that Jesus is the answer. And it starts in verse one, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Here we go. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And here's where it is. Here's where the rubber meets the road. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so that's the picture of the complete work. That's the picture of the complete payment for our sins and our shortcomings. And as it is in our lives today, the excuses that we make for us to not go, it literally stops us dead in our tracks.
0: Yeah. And so we've identified it. We've identified what we do wrong. So how how can we leave people with a positive, let's do these things moving forward?
1: I think it's all an attitude, Angie. When situations arise and occur in our lives, which they do undoubtedly for every single person, because the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust, right? So nobody's without excuse in that. And you're not going to avoid it. But I think it's all in attitude. So do you have an attitude of excuses and complaining, or do we put on an attitude or, as the scripture describes, a garment of praise?
0: Mm, Absolutely.
1: You know, do we have anything to be thankful for? Do we have anything that is praiseworthy? You know, Peter says, think on these things that are praiseworthy, right? Think on those things. It's just an attitude adjustment. And I know personally for me, I need some of them. And I
0: think that our attitude can definitely be adjusted the more we understand our true identity. And we had talked about identity in previous episodes, and it's so powerful. It really is the foundation for what we believe.
1: And it really is the difference, Angie, from empowering us to go and stopping us dead in our tracks.
0: Yeah, amen. That's, that is exactly right. So I guess we're telling people, dive in, to who you are in Christ, understand fully, dive into Him who gives you the strength, and stop listening to the excuses. Let's just keep pressing on and praising God.
1: Yeah, and these scriptures, Angie, that we're sharing is really a chance for us to renew our minds with them, to remember the price that Jesus paid. I know for myself, when I start thinking about that, or when I start feeling sorry for myself, you know, let's face it, we do that. We start feeling sorry for ourselves, And then guess what? Well, here's what Jesus did for me. Mm. It takes myself down. As John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease.
0: Yeah, this is fantastic teaching. Again, Psalm 103, verses 10 through 14, and also Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. So we're about to step into... testimony time and you and I have a very good friend that's on the way and I can't wait to hear what she has to say
1: I am excited today we've got a very special guest on the show. And it's Shannon Meyer. And Shannon has become a great friend for my wife and I. And what an awesome thing that God is doing. (laughs) And, you know, we talk about the scripture where it says, God's doing a new thing, Shannon. And uh, he is always doing new things, isn't he?
2: Oh my goodness, he is
1: always, always doing new things. Yeah, and and he's always at work, and it's just like up to us to recognize that he's at work, and he really wants us to come alongside him and do that. And so today, we've got a really super fun topic that we've been talking about. And you know, it's uh, basically around the premises that God is bigger than our mistakes. And you know, I've shared this before, that when we say, well, you know, Lord— I've just really done so many bad things and and made so many poor decisions. I'm just not really sure that you can use me anymore. And how wrong is that, Shannon?
2: Well, it's funny. uh, You should have this conversation because I just had this identical identical conversation with somebody last night about an upcoming conference of how unworthy they felt to serve alongside me. Mm. And it's there that I said, listen, Paul, who I would say is probably second most important in the Bible, killed Christians for a living. It was his occupation. And it's there if anybody should have felt unworthy for the calling of God to be used as this great biblical giant, would be the man who himself made it his career to massacre Christians. And it's there that I said, listen, none of us are worthy to be on a stage to do ministry. I mean, in the sense that it's only because of Christ and his death on the cross that we get to. But the big thing is, is that when we take back those sins, when we go and take them off the cross because they were nailed to the cross, then that makes Jesus' crucifixion in vain. It's like we're saying, wait, God, I know you went and sent your son to die on the cross for me, but my sins are even greater because there's no way He could forgive me for those. And that's just such a lie from the pit of hell because Jesus says, no, I have died for every one of your sins. And they were settled. The score was settled. I don't care if it's your sin from yesterday, today, or tomorrow. I nailed those to the cross with me, and I bled and died all over those. Mm. So really, they're not for you to pick back up those are mine. And he says, in a destination, those are as far as the east is to the west or at the bottom of the sea. So in my learning and understanding of biblical teaching is that Jesus chose or God chose to set them in a place. He could go get them, but he chooses not to. So if he chooses not to go pick that sin up, why in the world do we think we have the right to go do that?
0: You know, I love what you're saying, Shannon. A lot of people, when they become Christians, they don't understand that this has been done, that it is finished. When he said it was finished, it is finished. And like you said, nailed to the cross, you're not going to take them back down. But I think a lot of people, they take their sins and their mistakes and all the things that they're ashamed of, and they put them in a box and they hold on to them.
2: Well, I think it's also our identity. I think one of the things that we as a church have lacked to teach is that our identity, or that we even as Christians choose to, to believe and learn, our identity is in Christ. And so much is about the works and are you in this ministry? Or are you teaching that Bible study? Or are you Sunday school? What have you, whatever we want to choose to put our identity in. But it's there that because we are choosing to put our identity in something instead of someone, and that meaning our box, maybe our box is a worship leader. Well, even that can get kicked out from underneath us and then, you know, can destroy our life because that's where we've put our our identity. Mm. Jesus says, You know what, your identity is in me and me alone. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's there that we continue to pick up our sin and we, we tw- you know, we tout it around like we can put it in suitcase to suitcase. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't be a ministry leader because I've got X, Y, and Z in my past. Well, but what God says is, you know what, but that was all taken care of, so stop putting it in a box, because I don't even see your box. Right. And it's there that you then, and I think, and my understanding is then, it's pride that gets at us, because we continue to still focus on us, Mm -hmm. instead of focusing on the man, Jesus Christ, who our sole identity should be.
1: I couldn't, I couldn't agree more, Shannon. You know, it reminds me, it really is prideful because of this. Like, so we're basically saying that, well, you know what? Our sin that we've been able to do is really greater than God's grace. That is super that's right. selfish, you know? And we don't consciously say that. We don't consciously do that. But in reality, I think that's what we do. We go, well, but you know what, Lord, listen, but here's what I've done, And that trumps your grace. And again, we don't say that, but we actually do it. And so what I think happens is that the box that we create for God and we start putting our excuses into that box, we're just allowing those excuses to allow us to sit the bench.
0: We allow those excuses to be bigger than God. And we need to take a stand and say, no, they're not bigger than God.
1: And that's what, it's a perspective change. It's the identity change Mm -hmm. that you're describing, Shannon, I believe, that we're either going to be identified with those sins, which become excuses, or we're going to be identified with Christ, and like you said, His blood covered all of that.
2: Absolutely. And I think, again, when we're talking about my sin, I did this, if you look at that common denominator, who is it? it's me, myself, and I. Mm. And again, it's that pridefulness that we are somehow greater. You know, I was just doing a teaching on, you know, God says, have no other gods before me. But even in our sin and our shame, it's there that when we can't get over what we have done, we are taking God off the throne and saying, I have to be the one that rectifies my problem. I have to be the one that fixes this. Now, are there consequences to our sin? Absolutely. Do we need to make restitution? Absolutely. But when we continue to hang on to our sin and carry it around like this huge bag of luggage that I have to have this because this is who I identified as because the world maybe said that. Maybe you were, you know, did do a sin and and there was a label on the front page of the paper, or maybe you even have a conviction. But even there, God says, you know, that is not who you are. Because my Bible reads, you are a new creation in Christ. All things are gone. The new is here. And, and I love that because when all things are gone, the operative word there is all. It didn't mm. say all the good things you did, or all the bad things you did. It's everything. It's just like Romans eight twenty eight of being, I will work all things out for your good. And that means the good, the bad, and the ugly. But we have to do that in Him and through Him. And our identity cannot be wrapped up in those boxes because it just she still becomes all about me. And that's our biggest idol. You know, we, we, don't, we don't worship golden calves and things like that here in America. But I think one of our greatest idols is ourselves. We mm. see it iPad, iPhone, iWatch.
1: Wow. We need
2: to get off the pillar. Amen. You know, like, oh, I don't worship anything. I don't I don't you know, we don't have any Buddhas or whatever you choose to worship that, you know, as the world would say, You've you created this golden calf. I don't think there has to be a golden calf. There's a golden you.
1: Amen. And everything
2: is about you. The society preaches and teaches. It's all about you. Make it your way. Even Burger King. <laughs> you know, everything's wow. me, me, me. And it's there that I think that we are psychologically taught, just make it all about you. Even your sin, you can't let go of this because you were molested, you were raped, you were abused, you were this, your dad left you, you committed a crime. It's still about you. Well, if we would get off ourselves and focus on Christ, all of us should fade away and he should just be magnified and glorified straight up the center and says, it's nothing about me. It's all of him and Him alone.
0: Absolutely. Amen. And I I love that you're taking it all back to identity because that is seriously the most foundational thing about our faith. We need to know who we are. We need to know the finished work. We need to know who we are in the finished work and all of that. I also love, Shannon, that you have taken this analogy of of our mistake in a box and you've turned it into luggage yeah. that we've had to drag around because that is so perfect. I mean, we're sitting here talking about carrying a box around, but it weighs on you and it feels like you're hauling mm-hmm. luggage. It's gonna turn into a U-haul soon.
1: <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs>
2: And the great thing is, what do we say? There's no U-Haul behind the casket. So when <laughs> we go into glory, we're not taking that with us. So why in the world should we carry it around
0: with us here? Amen.
2: I agree. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? If it was important, I believe we would take it to heaven. You know what's going to heaven? Our spirit yeah. and those loved ones that we have taught along the way. That's all that matters.
1: To Amen. People.
2: the souls, you know, so the stuff just doesn't matter. And the stuff can sometimes be circumstances and things that have happened to you. It doesn't have to be material things. It can just be stuff. Mm -hmm. I've got a ton of stuff I have to deal with. But it's there that God's like, you can carry that around if you want, but I'm not asking you to bring it. Really, we would be much more successful in getting where I want you to be if you just leave it on the side of the road and come with me because I'm going to supply everything you need anyhow.
1: Amen. I'm reminded that the Scripture teaches us to lay aside all those weights and hindrances, right? We're supposed to set them aside because they don't matter. They're baggage their baggage. Thank you so much, Shannon. I super appreciate you. I know you have a very busy (laughs) schedule. And uh, again, joining us today on the program is Shannon Meyer with Journey Living Ministries. And we're so appreciative that she took time out of her day to share with us and our listeners today in a way that we can practically all touch and agree with to say, you know what? There's a little bit of me in there, (laughs) whether we like it or not. (laughs) That is absolutely the truth. So thanks for sharing that truth with us today, Shannon.
2: Well, thanks, Mark and Angie. I really appreciate you
1: having me. This is Mark Bird. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you
0: by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.